sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A new week begins right here, right now, on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. The home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. A full weekend of NBA playoff basketball. Every series, all four in each conference underway. We react to what we saw and we set the stage moving forward now into game twos across the association. Also, the second full weekend of Major League Baseball action. Some surprising starts for teams across the league. Cough, cough, the Chicago Cubs and the Colorado Rockies and two teams atop the NLS that continue to do exactly what we expect and what we saw a season ago. So much to get to on this Monday edition of the morning after all across the Spiz Grizz Network. Helping us do so in this opening hour, it is Donnie Wrightside. DRS Donnie Seymour, one of the co-hosts of the Early Line each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, and the host of the Money Line on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 159 from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern. DRS in the host chair on the radio in the afternoons. Thank you for joining us once again on a Monday. There we go. Monday, new week, new Monday to try to get it started. And pretty soon, Ben, maybe the host of this show for DRS. We'll find out shortly, won't we? Just taking over all of the Sports Grid Network. That is the expertise that DRS possesses. Let's look back on one of the best games of yesterday in this opening weekend of the opening round of the NBA postseason DRS in Boston. We expected to probably be the best series, the most competitive series on paper between the Celtics as the two seed and the Nets as the seven seed in the East. And that's exactly what we saw yesterday inside the TD Garden with the Boston Celtics winning at the buzzer courtesy of a Jason Tatum game-winning layup as time expires, 115-114. The Nets do cover DRS as a four-point road underdog, but it was late-game theatrics, and Boston takes a 1-0 series lead. Yes, it was, and they certainly needed it, too. The Nets, 29 points in the fourth quarter, only 19 from the Celtics, mm. and they pulled this one on that late Tatum layup here. But this is sort of a doomsday scenario for the Boston, excuse me, for the Brooklyn Nets going against the Boston Celtics. Coming into the series, Ben, I actually thought the Boston Celtics were the better team, but I even said this. The winner of Game 1, which how close I thought this series would be, is probably going to win this series. So Boston wins, wins by one point. I'm not going to change my stance on that because I do think Boston is better, but my goodness, you wasted a performance for Kyrie Irving. 39-6-5 wasn't good enough. What does he have to go for? 40 and Kevin Durenko for 35 for the Nets to have a chance. Not a good look here for the Nets, but a nice win there at home for the Boston Celtics to seize command of the Series 1-0. Donnie, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that might be the discussion point following Game 1, looking at Game Number 2 and the rest of this series. I think Ime Udoka and the rest of the Boston Celtics, with how good they are defensively, and we saw that on the final Brooklyn offensive possession before that game-winning layup from Jason Tatum, when you look at how good the Celtics are defensively, I think they're okay with Kyrie Irving scoring 35, and if KD goes off for 35 more, take your 70, we'll shut everybody else down. I think that is the game plan for the Boston Celtics, and I don't think Kyrie going for 39 yesterday in a game high, and he was 
sensational in a very hectic and hostile environment inside TD Garden. In a quiet 23 points from Kevin Durant when he was only 9 of 24 from the floor. And you expect more offensive input from KD. But when you look at how the Boston Celtics won that game, I think it's optimistic for the rest of the series. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of a Monday on the morning after on the grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates in the mix now as well. I am Ben Stevens, joined by Donnie Wrightside. The Boston Celtics winning game one in dramatic fashion. At the buzzer, a Jason Tatum game-winning layup to get the game one victory over the Brooklyn Nets. 115-114 the final. Brooklyn does cover as a four-point road underdog. 11-6-1 against the number of the Nets as a road underdog this year. The total DRS, the only game that won over of the four yesterday on a Sunday, 227 goes over. Boston has played to an over in 11 of their last 13 games despite how good they are defensively we mentioned it Kyrie Irving a game high 39 points Jason Tatum a team high 31 for the Boston Celtics and that game winning buzzer beater layup to give Boston that game one victory and now DRS the Boston Celtics when you look at that series price outright to win this series overall minus 220 laying a game and a half still the juice to the over I should say or the plus money for Boston to cover that spread is coming down a little bit as well but still look at seven games Donnie and you mentioned it it is the shortest series total game market to go seven of any of the series in the east it is plus 170 despite Boston going up one nothing at home yesterday we still expect based on the odds for this to be tight the entire duration of this opening series no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And you saw that game come down to a layup at the buzzer. There's going to be other games mm. in this series that are going to be coming down to the last possession. So if you are looking at betting the series prices, game six, or end in six games, two to one price, game seven plus 170. I doubt it ends earlier than six games here. This is going to be exciting to watch it play out. And I'm fascinated by game number two to see what Kevin Durant comes out with here because he can't just be average once again, Ben. He needs to be stellar for them to take a victory here in Boston. I think it's a great point, DRS. And the Brooklyn Nets moving back to the longest price we have seen on the Nets so far this year in the Eastern Conference odds. Now 8-1, to one, the fifth best odds. Boston moves forward, plus 360, the third best price. The Bucks, as you see there, the favorites at plus 200. We go around the Eastern Conference playoffs up next here on The Morning After. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Around the Eastern Conference playoffs we go right now in the association for some insight on what we saw the opening weekend of the NBA postseason. The morning after on a Monday right here on SportsGrid in Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside Donnie Wrightside for most of this opening hour here on a Monday on TMA and DRS as we look across the East. Of course, we start this segment with the top seed in the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat control where the Eastern Conference would run through in South Beach and they controlled all of yesterday 
in the first game of the day against the Atlanta Hawks, absolutely hammering the Hawks at home in Miami, 115-91 the final. Miami easily covering as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They won six straight to end out the regular season before their finale. They have covered in all six of those wins for them as a favorite, and they cover yesterday easily as a six-and-a-half-point favorite to pick up the opening win of their first-round series against Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely pounded them. And maybe that, you know, hangover that you typically get in Miami was doubled because the Atlanta Hawks just making it to the playoffs, had to feel good about themselves, but then you match up against the Miami Heat and it didn't work out all that well. 115-91, to and it seemed like, Ben, it wasn't even that close here. And it brings me back to... Do the Heat feel a little bit disrespected here? They're the number one seed in the East, and nobody really talks. It's going to be the Bucs, going to be the Sixers. If they can get hotter, even in the playing round here, the team like the Brooklyn Nets are even more imposing than what the Miami Heat are. That was a great performance. They get guys scoring off of the bench. They get guys scoring in their starting lineup. And this is a sign of the times here. The Heat are built for the playoffs, and they showed it in game one. Right. And DRS, that's been the thing on Miami all year. Even as they really controlled that number one overall seed and they had the top spot in the Eastern Conference standing since before even the All-Star break, the odds didn't reflect that. Miami, the fourth or fifth best price in the East behind the Bucks, the Nets, the Sixers, even the Celtics for most of the regular season. But now that we're in the postseason, Miami has the second best price in the Eastern Conference odds board. And it's only worked in their favor over the last five, six seven days right now Miami at plus 270 only 70 cents behind the Milwaukee Bucks we can highlight some offensive numbers for the heat yesterday Duncan Robinson absolutely sensational from deep eight of nine from beyond the arc 27 points to pace Miami off the bench Jimmy Butler 21 points six boards four assists but really defensively is where the heat stood out yesterday limiting Trey Young to only eight points he was just one of 12 from the field did not hit a single three and Donnie although Miami has the second highest over percentage in the NBA 58.5 percent of their games over in eight of their final 11 games in the regular season the total of 220 and a half because of that defensive effort stays under yesterday for the Hawks who continue my favorite trend in the entire NBA all year Atlanta has yet to cover in any of their 40 losses in the regular season or now into the postseason as well drs just 10 and 22 against the number when booked as an underdog this year and not just in the eastern conference odds we're seeing the love for the heat in the betting market in terms of the series prices here the shortest total games right now is for this to go five with the heat winning shortest total game is plus 165 for the heat to win in five games that's plus 175 in the correct score market donnie a indication here that miami truly in pole position no certainly are and if you take a look at closing them out in four games you get a nice sweet plus 340 price but if there's any indicator for the first game typically you have a team like the atlanta hawks hey they went to the eastern conference finals last year ben we're probably looking at them rising up at least one time at home which is why you see the price yeah. drop there for game five at plus 165 but then it, it rise right back up there for game six at three to one and game seven at a plus 280 price this series will be over sooner than later and if you're the number one seed yeah. wrap it up quick get that rest move on to the next round and you would be in that position taking on the 4-5 split of the Sixers and the Raptors instead of having to deal with the Bucks, the Nets, or the Celtics as the two seeds. So Miami in a great position, and the odds starting to reflect that. They have the second best price in the East. The favorites 
are the reigning NBA champs. The Milwaukee Bucks at plus 200. And Milwaukee entered yesterday, Donnie, in game one of their opening round series against the Chicago Bulls as a minus 1,100 favorite and a 10.5 point favorite for game one in that price as well. They do not cover. Chicago makes it a game down the stretch. An ugly game, Donnie, but Milwaukee picks up the victory in game number one for a 1-0 series lead, 93-86. Chicago covering as a 10-and-a-half-point dog, but the Bulls are still winless. Now 0-20 DRS straight up against the top three teams in either conference. Yeah, that doesn't work out well. In the same way we just took a look at the Heat and the Hawks here, right? 115-91, the Hawks like, ah, hey, you know what? We just weren't as good as the other team tonight. We got blown out, as expected. We'll just try to regroup for game two. But I feel a little bit different here about that Bulls loss where it was 93-86 to 86 and close all the way through with the Bulls actually having a lead into the fourth quarter. Milwaukee was in yeah. foul trouble with Giannis, who had to miss quite a bit, a large portion of the fourth quarter. They just couldn't make a shot. The Bulls couldn't make an open three-point shot to save their life where they could have actually extended their lead or even overtaken the Milwaukee Bucks with the lead here. If you look at this game with that loss, you can say to yourself, yeah, we played closer, we almost beat them. But sooner or later, you know, the cookie's going to crumble here with those games you need to win if you're going to look to upset a series. And the fact you didn't steal that yeah. one in game one, that's going to hurt the Bulls here, Ben. I think it's a great point, DRS. You could look at it from a glass-half-full perspective of Chicago shot 32% from the field, 18.9% from three, abysmal offensively. DeMar DeRozan was six of 25 from the floor. And you could think, hey, if we're a little bit better offensively, we probably win that basketball game. But the Bucs probably aren't going to play that bad for the rest of this series either. And we see that reflected in the series' correct score market. The shortest outcome is for Milwaukee to win this series in five games at plus 140 for the Bucs to sweep DRS is plus 175. Because those odds only 35 cents of difference, it goes to show that the bookmakers expect this to be over in five games or less, and Milwaukee is minus 3,000 now to win this series. So, so those were game ones yesterday. Game one in Philadelphia on Saturday went well in favor of the Philadelphia 76ers, who now for game number two tonight, DLRS a seven point favorite against the Toronto Raptors at home inside the Wells Fargo Center 217 now the live over under on the FanDuel Sportsbook Philly winning game number one by 20 111 they started fast they took the lead at the nine and a half minute mark in the first quarter DRS and never trailed from that point on what can we expect for game number two tonight between Philly and Toronto well, from those secondary options, Ben, if you're going to get out of Tobias Harris, 26 points, and Tyrese Maxey, 38 points, Sixers going to be a tough out, which means that Joel Embiid and James Harden can sit in the back seat and just put it on cruise control. I don't think that's going to happen again where you get that type of options there from Harris and Maxey. But at the same time, you're looking forward to a team where the Sixers riding high ending into game two and also – a lot of question marks here for the Toronto Raptors with injuries to Gary Trent Jr., to Scotty Barnes. Yep. That's going to be devastating for them because that just means Fred VanVleet's going to have to play 40-plus minutes and go absolutely crazy from behind the three-point line to keep them close. I think the Sixers take another one tonight and take that 2-0 series lead heading back to Toronto. Tyrese Maxey, one of the outstanding sophomores, second-year players that had a great opening game in the NBA playoffs this weekend. A game-high 38 points, as DRS mentioned, in game number one. And JoJo only had 19 and 15, and yet Philly won by 20, comfortably covering as a five-point favorite in game number one. And a total of 215 and a hook 
went over. We're up by a point and a half right now, DRS. Philly has gone over in five straight games, six of their last seven. The Raptors over in three of their last four. You mentioned some of those injury concerns for the team from the Great White North. Scotty Barnes down late in that game against the Sixers in game number one. And Gary Trent Jr. has been really good for Nick Nurse and company this year. We're not entirely sure his status as well. Fred Van Vliet from deep. His three-and-a-half three-point prop tonight, DRS, has plus money to the over at plus 112. He has had at least four three-pointers in three of the last four games for Toronto. He was four of seven from deep against the Sixers in game number one. Will have to be huge tonight in game number two. That's the East. We look at the West, both back at the weekend and two games on this Monday night slate next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on a Monday right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. He is Donnie Wrightside. I am Ben Stevens. We look back at weekend number one of the NBA playoffs and the substantial favorites in the Western Conference, the NBA's best team all year long. The number one seed out West showed why for a good majority of that game yesterday, Donnie, against the New Orleans Pelicans. The Phoenix Suns are that number one overall seed in the West. They win 110-99 over New Orleans in the Valley yesterday to start off with a 1-0 series lead. They did cover as a 10-point favorite. DRS, the Suns started very strong in that opening half. New Orleans showed some response in the third quarter and late down the home stretch, but the Suns hold on for an 11-point victory, covering as a 10-point favorite. A good start for Phoenix and especially Chris Paul, who went for 30 and 10 assists last night as well. Yeah, rested and ready here, as you could say, for Chris Paul, which, and I was saying during the season, Ben, when he got that injury, it's like, this might be a little bit of a blessing in disguise. Is Chris Paul a little bit older veteran guy that you give him, you know, month and a half off here, saves that wear and tear on the legs, and you're seeing right out of the gate, 30 and 10 for him yesterday in a victory mm. and a barely a covering victory here, but a cover nonetheless for the Suns. But also, let's keep in mind, moving forward, you're going to be able to miss some parts here on offense and defense here for the Suns because DeAndre Ayton got rocked late in that basketball game, Ben, and ended up with a concussion. We'll see how long he's out. But if there was a series to miss your big guy or miss one of your big three, so to speak, this is probably the series to do it because the Suns showed during the regular season, Ben, they can win a lot with missing massive pieces to their offense and their team. When Chris Paul got injured right before the All-Star break, and we got that breaking news on Saturday night of All-Star weekend that he was going to be out with the right wrist injury for a substantial amount of time, you're like, oh, my God. Are the Suns going to hold on to that top spot in the NBA, the top spot in the West? In fact, they furthered their lead and became even a better basketball team, it seems, somehow, some way. And we know that Chris Paul dealt with that shoulder injury last year during the postseason, and Phoenix was able to make it to the NBA championship. And as you see in the Western Conference odds, there is certainly an indication that Phoenix is getting back to the NBA Finals. A minus money favorite. The odds continue to work in their favor in that odds on category. Minus 
135 now in the West. We'll look at some of the games on this Monday night in just a second, including the Golden State Warriors that have the second best price now at plus 280. But just to focus on Chris Paul for a moment here, a double-double in six of the last eight since his return for Phoenix. Again, last night, 30 points, 10 assists for the man known as the point god. DRS, throughout this eight-game span, Chris Paul has averaged more than 11 and a half assists per game. And Devin Booker added in 25 points. But a trend you must know about the Phoenix Suns and the Pelicans for the rest of this series, a total book to 224 last night stays well under. Three of the four games yesterday on the Sunday slate stay under. Phoenix now under in six straight, and the Pelicans have the second highest under percentage in the NBA. 60% of New Orleans games hitting the under and under in nine of their last 12. We see that all the time, DRS. In playoff basketball, defense ramps up a little bit early on. Some of the totals maybe booked just a tad high. Three of the four yesterday under, and recently for Phoenix and certainly for New Orleans, we have seen unders come in in a big way. Yeah, that's usually the M.O. of the playoffs, oh. right, Ben? You Things start to slow down because no longer is it more, hey, let's get out of that fast break, three-on-two, two-on-ones, and make things happen. It's more of a half-court game where you're settling into half-court yeah. sets at that point here yesterday. And also, obviously, the Phoenix Suns do know how to do that with a point guard in Chris Paul that's going to slow the game down and control it in the half-court. He's been magnificent. And also, you, know, you talk about playing basketball. Well, granted, like most of us have never played in the NBA or even college, quite frankly, for that point. But I can't imagine how it is to play with a point guard like Chris Paul, which you always get the basketball exactly where you want it here. It's got to be a dream come true for a lot of these players to do that. And obviously seeing how good the Phoenix Suns are, it's a direct derivative of how good Chris Paul is, is distributing the basketball. Phoenix now minus 3,500 to win this series outright over New Orleans. The shortest possible outcome is Phoenix in five. That's plus 145. Suns in four. Is our man going to make a return this postseason? <laughs> that is plus 170 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Suns minus 3,500 in their opening round series against the Pels. And as we showed you, minus 135 as a substantial now odds on favorite to win the West. The team with the second best price at plus 280, the Golden State Warriors. And Donnie, there's a clear distinction now between Phoenix as an odds on favorite, Golden State with the second best price, and then a drop off to the Grizzlies at plus 900. Maybe the reason why Golden State has won six straight basketball games, five to end out the regular season, and then really controlling game number one in their opening round series against the Denver Nuggets. Winning game number one on Saturday night, 123-107 at home over the Nugs, covering as a six-point favorite, and they have covered in six of their last seven. Tonight, Golden State, a seven-point favorite at home against Denver with a total at 224 currently DRS on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, just getting after it again with the Golden State Warriors. This is what you anticipate. And even coming with a half strength, I guess you could say, Steph Curry, which he's coming off yeah. of the bench playing about 20 minutes. And I guess you could say, if you're Golden State, this is exactly what you hope for. Take game one here. Steph Curry plays well, not re-injuring himself. Maybe you can increase his minutes in game two. But having found that game, how do you beat Denver? I don't know. Just let Jokic do whatever he does and sort of, you know, 
tighten that vice grip on the other four guys on the court at the same time. But also, if you're the Golden State Warriors, like we talked about the Philadelphia 76ers, those secondary scoring options, when they play extremely well, it makes life easier on everybody else. With Poole dropping 30 points, you didn't need as much from Klay Thompson. You didn't need as much as Steph Curry. No. You got to sit back with a nice, easy victory, and now you're going to put Denver on red alert, which you can get them down 0-2 heading back to Denver. That's exactly what you wanted, where maybe you can continue to ease Steph Curry back into the process as opposed to saying, oh, my goodness, we're down in the series, Ben. We really need Steph to play even more minutes than what he's supposed to. Steph off the bench in game number one did play but did not start. 22 minutes off the bench for Steve Kerr and the Dubs. He had 16 points. Jordan Poole did get the start. He had 30 points, was 5 of 7 from deep. His points prop tonight in game number two against Denver is at 22 and a half. Nothing listed yet for Steph Curry. I heard you and Kevin DRS talking about this on the early line and maybe that distinction between Jordan Poole and Steph Curry at the moment. We'll see when or if that point prop becomes available. Could be an indication that Steph maybe not expected to do all that much with the Warriors being a seven-point favorite. Nikola Jokic's game one point prop was 29 and a half. He finished with 25. 25, 10 boards, six assists for probably the two-time back-to-back NBA MVP once we have those awards later on. But Nikola Jokic, in my mind, DRS, his points prop tonight is 28 and a hook. If Denver is even going to cover this seven-point margin, I think Jokic has to go over, but the juice right now on that points prop is to the under of the 28-and-a-half. Yeah, everything's live on him, right? Points, rebounds, assists, combine them all together, points, rebounds, and assists for a prop bet. Everything makes some sense here because you're right. If you said to yourself today, by the way, Jokic's going to go out and score 27 points, grab 14 rebounds, have eight assists, we probably think Denver gets smoked again. So in order for them to win a game, we're expecting Jokic to go off, and quite possibly he should do that. If you're the MVP of the National Basketball Association and your team needs you, you better be putting in big performances, and we expect one out of him in game number two. Yeah, and the odds for this series overall, DRS, have started to shift. Golden State now laying two and a half games. It's plus money if you want to lay the two and a half with the dubs, but it's an indication of where this is going. Golden State minus 550 now. They were minus 250 before game number one in the shortest total games for the series total games market is now in five at plus 175. Maybe an overreaction based on what we saw in game number one, or maybe a limitation of this Denver team now in the postseason when it's only Nikola Jokic, who is really your only avenue of even covering a seven-point spread. Nikola Jokic will have a big burden tonight. The Dallas Mavericks will be without their superstar, it seems, for game number two at home as well. No Luka Doncic in game number one. It does not seem that Luka will play in game number two against the Jazz DRS, but it's the same Point spread we saw for game number one. Now in game number two, Utah, a five and a half point road favorite, a small total at 205 and a hook for the over under. Utah won game one, 99 93, barely covering as a five and a half point road favorite. It's the same exact number tonight, DRS. Yeah, and I expect more of the same here. Maybe a closer game, but I do expect the Jazz to win this also, Ben. And from from a perspective for the Mavericks, in order for them to win, it seems like it's a kitchen sink game because if they go down 0-2 heading back to play the Jazz, what's the point of even bringing Luka back if he's only 75% with the chance of re-injuring it and heading into the offseason, which may be surgery or delays him getting ready for the start of the next season? 
Having said that, I still don't think the Mavericks have enough in the tank to beat the Jazz. This is even a great Jazz basketball team, which, quite frankly, probably would have gotten beaten in this series if Luka Doncic was healthy. But he's not, so you have to play yeah. the cards that you're dealt. I might even look at this series as a sweep for the Jazz. Certainly, if they win the game tonight, I don't see the Dallas Mavericks even bringing Luka back for games in Utah for three and four. That's a great point, DRS, because if Utah goes home, where they have been very, very good throughout even postseasons when they struggle overall, why bring Luka back if you're down 2 nothing and he might not be 100% ready to go? Utah now minus 590 in the series price. Dallas probably would have been favored if Luka was there. Utah was minus 290 entering game one, now minus 590. Pay attention to that total as well. Dallas, the highest under percentage in the NBA, nearly 62% of the Mavericks games hitting in under game number one, well under a total of 208. Now it's dropped by two and a half points for game number two at 205 and a hook. Donovan Mitchell, sensational in game one, 32 points. And Bojan Bogdanovic back for Utah, 26 points as well. We flip it to Major League Baseball next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. The second weekend of the Major League Baseball season has now come to a close. Most teams around the league finishing up their third series of the year so far. So we look back on what has happened and some surprising starts around MLB. I am Ben Stevens. Donnie Wrightside is here as well in this opening hour of the morning after on a Monday right here on SportsGrid. DRS, two teams off to surprisingly strong starts, the Chicago Cubs in the Colorado Rockies. They met for a four-game set that ended yesterday in the Mile High City at Coors Field, and they split the four-game series with the Cubbies winning yesterday on the road. But both teams so far, DRS, above 500 this year. The Rockies are 6-3 and three straight up. The Cubs are 5-4 and four straight up. Two surprises to begin this year in Major League Baseball. Yeah, a lot of surprises going around in Major League Baseball. Quite frankly, this is what we get in the month of April. You know, temperatures still freezing cold in a lot of the markets as of today that they're going to be playing later on. But also, you're taking a look at the Rockies, who now sit at 6-3, and three, who we thought were waving the white flag on the season, even though they picked up Chris Bryant. Like, hey, what are they actually doing spending money? This team is going to be terrible with no chance to compete out there in the NL West. You take a look at the Cubs, who are a big market team that should be competing. Didn't look like they were even interested in competing. And now you see guys like Suzuki, who hits his fourth home run of the season, trying to get that surge from overseas like Otani gave. And like back in the day, Ichiro Suzuki might be able to play out. But two teams that are playing above 500 baseball here in the month of April. But as I like to say with the start of the season, Ben, a lot of these teams Mm. don't know they're bad just yet. Let's wait about 30 to 60 games and they'll show their true colors out there. We don't take the strongest narratives based on April baseball, but we can enjoy these moments. DRS is correct. By the time we get to June, July, August, maybe the Cubbies aren't winning baseball games at this prolific of a clip. Maybe the Colorado Rockies aren't above 500 in the very grueling National League West. But right now, the Cubs entered the year, DRS, 18-1 to to win the National League Central. They are now plus 
950. Chicago booked as an underdog in all four games of that set on the road against the Rockies. They are four and three straight up as a dog this year, six and three on the run line. As we stick in the National League West, the San Francisco Giants continue to win baseball games. As you can see there in those divisional odds that we'll touch on in just a few moments, the Giants have now won five straight games, Donnie, and the Dodgers, who are the favorites, of course, in the National League West at minus 250, have won six straight games. So both San Francisco and L.A. off to great starts this year. The Giants sweeping the Guardians over the weekend. They've been booked as a favorite in eight of their nine games, also covering on the run line in three straight games. And Donnie, it was all of last year after a strong start in April, continued success throughout the summer, even into August and early September when the Giants held the top spot in the NL West above the Dodgers that everybody expected San Francisco to come back down to earth. That has not been the case. Their pitching staff remains remarkable and they're getting runs. They have the third best run differential in Major League Baseball right now with a plus 23 margin a big win yesterday over Cleveland a weekend sweep over the Guardians and five straight victories for the San Francisco Giants yeah it's crazy looking at the Giants like we probably should have still anticipated this almost like it was a fluke yeah. last year they won that many games and finished above the Los Angeles Dodgers and you even saw at the outset of the season where you say okay the Dodgers are priced in that a 100 win price range for their team total and quite frankly from last year the Giants are about 20 wins or so less is where they were priced okay it's going to be a yeah. down year for the Giants and even when you look at the lineup starting pitching and one through nine it's like hey it looks okay and here they are right. seven to two on the season so we setting ourselves up and for the remainder of the summer the Giants and the Dodgers going neck and neck where both of these teams go over the triple digit win total and still fighting to see who's going to win that division looks like the same thing from what we're seeing this year based on last year so both teams right now off to a seven and two start straight up the Giants have won five straight games the Dodgers have won Sixth straight. As we bring back the National League West divisional odds, again, L.A. was booked as a substantial and severe minus money odds on favorite before the year. They have not changed based even on the strong start from San Francisco. Minus 250, the price on the Dodgers. The Giants tied for the second best odds at plus 500. There might be value on the Giants there with that number at 5-1, to one, or you could look at the National League pennant odds where the Giants are 10-1, to one, alongside the Philadelphia Phillies. By the way, the Dodgers, again, winning six straight, sweeping Minnesota on the road, winning all four games in their opening home series of the year against the Minnesota Twins. The Dodgers, the best run differential now in baseball, plus 27. The Giants, the third, plus 23. The New York Mets, who are 7-3 and three straight up through their first 10 games, have the second best run differential at plus 26. And we get to see... The Mets hosting the Giants, at least we hope, because the weather in New York not looking all that great by the time we get to the evening hours on this Monday. But the Mets right now, a slight home favorite, Donnie, in what should be a great game on paper against the Giants today at City Field. The Mets with Tyler McGill on the bump, minus 120. The Giants going with Alex Cobb at plus 102. Look at that over-under. It's six and a half DRS. Yes, the over has the juice at minus 120, but a six and a half for April baseball, maybe because it's going to be cold if this game even does get underway on this Monday night. 
Yeah, cold, maybe some rain, maybe some wind blowing in, and two really good pitchers to start the season that are going to be teeing off against each other. But you're right, though. It's still six and a half, and I know it's April. Maybe the bats aren't coming around just yet, but it's still the National League where we have a DH. Not like, okay, yeah, this guy's yep. going to blow through and the pitchers get that easy strikeout. And even if you do get a base or two, a guy's on base, that you can find your way to the pitcher for a strikeout and then get out of the inning with ease. That's not going to take place. But at the same time, I talked about it on the early line with Kevin, Ben, I said to myself, if you had to say, Donnie, you have a free play in this game, looking at the weather conditions, the temperatures, and the Mets, oh yeah, with a starting pitching rotation of a point zero, yeah. excuse me, a 1.07 ERA, I'm probably going to take the under at six, six and a half, which sounds ridiculous. I know, but it is the way to look, I think, right now, especially you mentioned the Mets starting staff, the Giants starting staff. We're talking about two of the best across not just the National League, but really all of Major League Baseball. And Tyler McGill has been incredible to start this year. Two starts for New York so far. No runs allowed. Ten in a third innings pitch. It's only allowed six hits, DRS. He hasn't walked a single batter, and he has 11 strikeouts in his first two starts this year. The over has the juice of that minimal total at six and a half, but the under might be the way to go, given how cold it is in New York if this game is even played. Look out for some pretty substantial rain showers later on in and around the greater New York City area for this game to be played in Queens at City Field. But right now, the Mets a slight favorite. 7-3 straight up to start this year. The Giants 7-2 straight up to start this year. San Francisco has won five straight games. So that's the National League perspective. Now we flip it over to that in the American League. And the New York Mets are off to a really good start. The New York Yankees have left a little bit to be desired dropping two of their three games over the weekend in Baltimore Donnie against the Orioles only scoring six total runs in all three games and as you see yesterday shut out in Baltimore at Camden Yards losing five nothing to the O's booked as a big favorite in all three games Donnie you don't want to see this start for the pinstripes although again we don't overreact to April baseball yeah, you can't overreact just yet. And as we said, you know, bad teams don't know they're bad. We do know the Baltimore Orioles will eventually be a bad team. But you're also seeing some of this early season baseball struggles coming from the Yankees, particularly at the plate. It used to be, Ben, you went down to Baltimore to get right. Oh, three games set. Guys in the locker room fighting each other to get into that nine-man starting lineup to take their cuts at the starting pitchers and the bullpen and a much easier hitting environment in Baltimore. But now we saw the fences move back in left field, and that's certainly making a change here. Now, the Orioles never really big on scoring runs in the past couple of years because their talent has, quite frankly, not been there. But yesterday, how about a shutout performance 5 to nothing over the Yankees? It is shocking because it's early, but if you want to win the division, particularly the ALEs, we have top flight ball clubs and then the Baltimore Orioles, you better handle your business against the Orioles, even if that means just winning series two to one. You can't lose series to the Orioles. I don't care if it's April, May, June, July, August, or September. It can never happen. We don't freak out about the perspective of a team in April baseball, but these wins and losses will mean something come that wild card race in September. Come the race for the top of what we all expect to be the most competitive division in the American League. And as we look at the ALE standings, the Yankees, although their number hasn't really moved, now plus 230, still 80 cents behind the Blue Jays, who were the favorites at plus 150. Still, these games 
means something. And the Yankees now have the second highest under percentage in all of baseball. Eight of the 10 games for the Bronx Bombers haven't really been bombed so far. Eight of the 10 going under. And last year, DRS, Baltimore and Camden Yards had one of the highest over percentages in all of Major League Baseball. So far this year, the Baltimore Orioles have not played a single over. 100% is their under percentage because eight of their nine games under one game was a push of a total so Baltimore yet to play in over this year and as we go back to the ALE standings and those odds right now on FanDuel you'll see the Tampa Bay Rays whose odds have grown a little bit longer so far at plus 300 they swept the Orioles in the opening weekend but have not played well since then snapping a four game losing skid finally yesterday against the Chicago White Sox with a big win on the road in Chicago Donnie a four game losing skid for the Rays but all four of those losses by a combined seven runs still some optimism with Tampa in my opinion but again this American League East when you look at the win-loss column throughout the year it's going to be competitive the odds reflect that early on with slight bits of changes and don't forget the Boston Red Sox who have the second longest odds in this division by themselves yeah, it's going to be a good division. It's going to be a great one here, quite frankly, outside of the Orioles, which should be everybody's punching bag, which when you entered into the season, right. if you're looking at win totals to the over, I mean, obviously you're going to look towards the Jays, the you know Rays, and the Yankees, but then again, win totals to the under, it's the Baltimore Orioles. Not because they were just going to be a bad baseball team, but you play the primarily large portion of your games here against teams in the NL East, and that's not going to go over well. So I guess the big winner of the weekend was the Orioles actually playing okay baseball against the Yankees, but I still give it to the Jays Ben plus 150 price I'm still on that Jays bandwagon here to win that division and now we go from the American League East to the AL West the Houston Astros a home favorite today against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim Mike Trout hit by a pitch on his hand over the weekend on the road in Texas he is now listed as day to day the whole hope this year Donnie for the Angels to go over 83 and a half wins to reach the playoffs at plus 138 on Fanduel for the first time since the 2014 campaign would could uh, could both Shohei Otani and Mike Trout stay healthy the entirety of the year just one week in Mike Trout already dealing with an injury an unfortunate turn already for the Angels. Yeah, and actually, you're trying to take a look at that when he gets hit by the pitch. You're like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah. Trout leaves the game, headed for x-rays. Worst-case scenario, usually pops up into your head. He's going to be gone for four to six weeks or even longer than that. So dodged a bullet there with no broken bones in the wrist. And also, at the same time, that Otani is finally heating up at the plate. Even if Mike Trout does not yeah. play tonight, I think they're a viable dog tonight, Ben, on the card versus the Astros. I would think so as well. The Angels have won three straight games. They are slightly ahead of the Astros right now in the AOS standings. Dan Donnie Wright side joining us here throughout this opening hour of TMA on a Monday. DRS, thank you very much for your time. Yes, sir. We close out hour number one with Fade the Public up next here on TMA. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one of the morning after on this Monday right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM 
Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM or all across the Spiz Grizz Network. Thank you for joining us for this first hour of TMA on a Monday. I am Ben Stevens. We want to hear from you after the opening weekend of the opening round of the NBA playoffs. Some pretty dominant performances or at least reflected in series odds that make a couple of these first round series seem like they're not going to be here for all that long so which of some teams with the best odds in their favor have the best chance of getting a sweep in the first round of the nba postseason we find out together right now and fade the public so here are the four teams we have put in this fade the public poll the heat the suns the bucks and the jazz which team of these four has the best chance of sweeping their opening round series in the public is backing the favorites to win the West in minus money and the favorites to win the NBA championship in the Phoenix Suns. Nearly 58% of this poll on SportsGrid TV, at SportsGrid TV on Twitter, going with the Phoenix Suns. The uh, Milwaukee Bucks, the second best option there, and then the Heat behind. Not a lot of faith in the Jazz to pull off the sweep, but as Donnie Wrightside brought up earlier, Utah is a five and a half point favorite on the road in Dallas tonight for game number two if they take a 2-0 series lead going back to salt lake and luke is not a hundred percent there or maybe not even 85 percent the outlook for the mavericks is not great right now but for both the suns and the bucks the two most likely options here in the fade the public poll both to pull off a sweep the suns over the pels the bucks over the bulls is it plus 170 rather short odds in the series correct score market on the FanDuel sportsbook hour number two of the morning after continues on the other side of the break now just two hours on tma but plenty to get to in our number two we'll look at some football and some continued look at the nba postseason stay right here on the grid following a sports news update from alex the